We're back, Podcast World, Chat Belly, another episode of the Foul Life Podcast, another episode of the Dickies Workwear Series, Where Are You Working America? We've got to sit down with so many different walks of life that get up every morning and go to work. That's what we were put on this earth to do, is go to work and provide for our families, our loved ones, and our friends, free up some time. Time is everything, and it's one thing that we can't get back Dickies, thank you very much for being there for us and all of our brands, supporting the culture of the American hunter, fisher, gather, conservationist, provider, outdoorsmen, outdoors women. Dickies is there for us with work clothes, anything that you need for any job. They even, like I've said before, if you're a doctor, a nurse, dentist, they got a brand new line of scrubs that are awesome. I love wearing them when I'm cutting up meat. I can just toss them if I need them, but they wash up really good. Dickies has everything you need and it's available at retail outlets all over the country. Thank you to Dickies and their fine family of brands. Today's guest, you've heard him here before. He's one of the most recognizable faces in the outdoor industry. And the reason I started by saying that is that when you talk to this individual, he would never say that or act like that. He comes from a long line of hunting family members, long line of people from Georgia that have lived in the outdoors. They've cut their teeth in the outdoors. They live off the land. They hunt deer and turkeys and pigs and gators and ducks and geese. But he also is lucky enough to make his living in the outdoor industry. So when it comes to working, I don't believe this man has really worked a day in his life. Is that fair to say, Tyler Jordan? I think that would probably be fair to say, Chad. Probably you and I both. Oh, man. Welcome, buddy. How you been? I've been good, man. How are you? How are you doing? Are you, uh, where are you hunting at this week? I'm going to be all over the Butte Sink of California with uh, California Waterfowl Association. And we're going to be, the Mallards are finally working their way into the sink from the the Northern California, Southern Oregon border. They got a good freeze up there. So I'm, it's, it's unbelievable because I'll send you a video and this was taken this morning and literally you can kill one pintail a day in California. So like you'll, you could kill seven, no problem, wow. Tyler, kind of like Louisiana. And then you just got to sit there and wait and hope that you see a mallard or a widgeon. Cause there's so many freaking sprig, but where are you hunting? I'm going to be in Georgia this week. Um, actually I got a, a bunch of my friends coming down. We've killed eight does off our farm, which is way behind uh, the usual schedule. We need about 40 to 60 killed. So I got actually a group of my buddies, um, a bunch of them are going to come in here tonight. And then I got some coming in tomorrow. They're going to stay through the weekend and we're going to go on a doe killing spree. So we need, we need at least, I'd like to have at least uh, maybe even 20 before the weekend's over. Uh, We're running a little bit late. We got a couple nice bucks on our farm right now that my, my little brother uh, just turned 12. I have a sister too, that's 14. And so dad and i've been in the woods with them about every day over the holiday and uh there's a couple nice bucks that we're seeing but we just have not been able to close the deal it's just this time of year you know for whatever reason um even with the cold weather that we've had and you think it'd be kind of a magical time but it's just been a little bit tough uh you know just getting some of these deer daytime um you know i feel like in georgia it's it's hard enough as it is getting the deer daytime but uh, it seems like late in the season, you think it'd be better, you know, weather-wise, but really it's been a challenge. Uh, but hopefully we'll catch up here at some point um, on one of these big whitetail. And so we're going to try to do that, kill some does this week, try to get my brother and sister uh, a couple bucks that we've been hunting. And and then really that's it. Uh, then I go to Honey Break Sunday, going with Ryan Hurd, our friend. 
And uh, Ryan is, I don't think he's ever been, I don't think he's been duck hunting a ton. And then I think Drew's actually going to let him deer hunt down there too. So we're going to start that hunt on Monday, uh, film an episode for road trips down there. And um, after that, should be kind of wrapping up. That'll be cool. Let me ask you this. You mentioned the the weather and deer and and getting them to come out because they're nocturnal they become nocturnal but i was talking to a guy yesterday in northern kentucky tyler that was going on a meat hunt one to harvest the dough for a new year's eve backstrap and it was uh 24 degrees was going to be the low so that tells me the barometric pressure is dropping um the day before this is kind of like hunting in the city i guess right outside of louisville um this field was loaded with does and a couple raghorn spikes and stuff. He goes out there. He did not see a deer until one minute after shooting hours. How does that play a role when it's cold? Is it the moon phase that has a ton to do with deer activity? Like they say, but doesn't their appetite tell them like, we got to get out there and eat that stuff. Or are they just that keen? Or did he blow his stand by walking in there too loud? Cause he said there was 30 deer in this field the night before. I don't, I don't know. I wish, <laughs> I wish I could, I wish I kind of had an answer for that. I know at home, it's the same exact way. I mean, uh, you know, so my, where my brother and my dad hunted last night, they saw three deer and nothing it hadn't been, hadn't been hunted since the day after Christmas. Uh, my, my, I feel my brother and my dad go in there. We saw 30 to 40 deer in the same field. The weather conditions are about the same. Barometric pressure is about the same. Um, it was maybe, eight eight to ten degrees warmer you know so uh why why there's a difference like that in just a few few days of you know the span i i think these deer you know this time of year are so unpredictable the ruts over um i think you have a bunch of these does and bucks that are just so exhausted from the rut that they're not really on any kind of schedule you know even with the moon and the moon's bright right now i'll say that i mean that could have something to do with it um you know why he's not seeing anything but I've seen it so many times, at least on our farm, they're so unpredictable on just when you're going to see them, you know, even it's just hard to really go off anything. Um, I think it just, you just got to have a little bit of luck, you know, I, it, and it's just a, it's a frustrating time because you think that everything's going to be perfect and uh, you're going to have things, you know, things in your favor with the weather and cooler conditions. But um, if anything, late season to me is probably one of the hardest times to kind of nail a deer down and, and try to figure out what they're doing. Uh, I don't get to do it very often, but I think that would be like the cool part of deer hunting of there's so much strategy that goes into all different styles of hunting. But I think that the, the weather part of it and the nocturnal part of it is I love figuring that out about mallard ducks, like Canada yeah. geese, Canada geese on a full moon, you'll kill them. Mallard ducks on a full moon, you got to be, you got to be shifty, man. You got to figure out their sleeping patterns, their feeding patterns, their roost. They get really nocturnal and they'll, and that, that mixes with cold weather. They'll sit on that big water all day to keep it open. Cause they know if they leave it, it could freeze. And then they're out of luck. Cause there's still a ton of food around and a mallard duck doesn't want to leave good food. If he doesn't have to, if it gets 10 inches of snow on it, yeah, he might jet and go South and you'll get him at honey break tomorrow. But <laughs> if, if, if they have food to eat, they want that water to stay open. So you mix that with a full moon, their ability to be nocturnal, their ability to navigate at night. They, they fly at night all the time on their migratory routes. It's, I love that about hunting. The other thing that you mentioned in that intro, Tyler Jordan was going to honey break our good friends down there. What an establishment and Drew and Jared, everybody, just top shelf people. I love Miss Shelley. I love her squirrel. I hope she makes it I mean, for you and Ryan. Let me just tell you, I, 
I, I just wanted to tell you this real quick. I watched your episode uh, down there. That was one of my, I mean, I, I love all your episodes. Don't get me wrong, but I, you know, I, that place is obviously special to both of us, but that was a really cool episode. You cooking the squirrel with Miss Shelley. Uh, I've yet to try squirrel. So I just kind of wanted to get your opinion. What's, do you like it? Here's my opinion. I love the taste of it. Okay. Okay. I've been to several, probably, I've been to probably not as many as you, but I've been to probably 80, 75 to 80 crawfish boils in my life. It's a lot of work to eat crawfish. Can we agree on that? It is. But it's, it's, taste, it's tasty, right? But you, yeah, cut your, you cut your fingers like you were skinning a duck or an elk and you poke a bone. You get a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of work for a little tiny morsel of meat that's sweet and tastes good. Squirrel is good, but I'm talking about when you fight the bones and the carcass, because it's not like they're cut. They put the legs and the back meat in there and the thighs and the, and the breastplate. And then you got to, when yeah. it boils down, you got to fight those bones. So it becomes a lot of work, but the meat is awesome. Yeah, I was going to. I wanted to ask you because I saw that and Miss Shelley told me that she would make me some and my family may be going back to honey break. I'm trying to take my little brother and sister duck hunting. And so we mentioned to Drew about possibly going back down there and she said she'd cook it for me. So, uh, but that was a good episode out there you did with Troy and, and having uh, Leith and all them out there. Those are always good times down there at honey break. Yeah, I think that I pre I truly it means a lot coming from you and I uh Drew called me and said the same thing. He really liked it. Miss Shelley loved it and but you mentioned Ryan Hurd. He wrote uh well, I, suntan, what well, sunrise, suntan, sunset, repeat sunset from Luke, repeat. Yeah, Luke Bryan, like a T. He he's married to some country music royalty. Don't know if we should mention his wife's name or not, but she's on top of the world with Grammy nominations and ACM and CMA award winning artist of the year, female vocalist of the year. Yeah. And Ryan is such a sweet guy. He's played our Nashville NWTF party, but you've also hunted with Riley Green and Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean and Blake Shelton and I could the list goes on and on the late great mr daryl singletary and the, you've met them all um this is your job tyler jordan we're getting back to work now what is it like to work alongside somebody that they have a, a very nice life they get the right stories that last three and a half minutes and they make a good living at doing it so and they love it and more power to them i love music songwriters singers vocalists but Tell me in a nutshell, Tyler Jordan, what kind of people are they as a whole? I just named Al Dean and Luke Bryan, and I know you can name a lot more. There's John, there's there's uh, our, our good buddy, John Langston. John Langston, that's coming up right now that is a, a stud. Um, what Do they have anything in common from what you've seen over your, of hunting with these country music stars, race car drivers, athletes over the last 10 years? Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, for me, like even one of my heroes growing up was Chipper Jones, and dad and Chipper have gone back you know, many, many years since his rookie season. And then, you know, Riley, he's co-hosted a lot of Realtree Road Trips episodes with me this year, which has been a lot of fun. Obviously, these country artists, that's why Ryan's taking advantage of the time he does have right now with this pandemic. Um, a lot of these guys are not going back on tour probably until the beginning of the summer. But what's great for me is like I, I could, you know, I could really care less who they are. It's cool for our world to kind of get a glimpse of that, though, and see their passion for the outdoors. But it's just, uh, you know, like Riley, he could be doing anything else right now that he wanted to, you know, just taking time, going on vacation, doing stuff with his family. But he chooses. He's in Kansas right now. He spent his Christmas in Kansas, which I think is just kind of uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of nuts, but he just, that's how much he loves it. You know, he's, he wants to be in the woods as much as he can. And 
you know, taking advantage of this time that he does have. Um, and so I can say like Ryan's doing the same thing. You know, he just wanted any time this year to go hunting, try to get him down to the farm earlier in the season. Uh, you know, but he was just, uh, he was kind of busy and I think it's just really neat, you know, for some of these guys that, um, you know, don't get a chance to do this a ton, you know, Luke and Jason are obviously really busy and just to kind of see their genuine passion and interest for the outdoors, you know, having their own farms and, uh, you know, just taking a real interest in it with them and their families. It's just kind of great. You know, it just, uh, I think it speaks volumes to the outdoors, um, that these guys just really care deeply about it. And, uh, I think, you know, I just, I like taking people on different experiences. Like Ryan's never been to honey break for me. I, I just get more of a joy, just like taking a kid hunting or fishing for the first time. Uh, you know, taking people to some of these places that we get to, we get to go to every year, you know, I mean, every year around this time, I get to go to a lot of really cool deer hunting places, duck hunting places with you. And, um, you know, to just, to for them to have a peek in our world and, uh, you know, want to learn more about it. That's what's fun for me. Do you, could you pick a favorite Tyler Jordan campfire song? Now I remember you telling me how much you enjoyed Leith Lofton. Now Leith Lofton's music yeah. has been all over our show. He's played at honey break. He's great friends with the entire honey break family. You've met him, been in camp. You guys have a friendship. He's awesome. But do you, can you pick a favorite? And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Maybe you have two or three, but is there one that stands out? Did you, did you get to hear Daryl Singletary play his guitar and sing too much fun or let her lie around a campfire? Did you get to listen to John Anderson sing Seminole Wind? Did you get to, did you get to hear Blake Shelton sing Old Red? I mean, you got to have a favorite or a couple, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I, um, you know, Daryl's played a couple times down here. I've never heard John Anderson play, which I, I wish, um, wish I would have at some point, maybe still can, but you know, somebody that, that I just got to meet here recently, that was a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm probably going off just my recent experience, but I just, I think it was, uh, and you've been a part of many of these at honey break, but I got to meet Drake white for the first time, which I know, you know, Drake's one of your good friends and, uh, but Drake and Riley played together at honey break. And it was just a, you know, a group of 30, 40 people, you know, there at the lodge, you know, the honey break staff, but, between both those guys, you know, that have just kind of, uh, you know, they've been at the top of country music for a few years now and, to, you know, see Drake come back from, you know, what he's gone through here in the last year, uh, to where he's at, that was just kind of special for me. Um, you know, I, I never, I never knew Drake before that. And then he took a whitetail that, that trip too. And we had a good duck hunt, but, um, that's probably a week I'm, I'm never going to forget down there. You know, those, those two guys, playing at camp together that was pretty special yeah dude I, drake live is awesome stomping but he's got a voice the, his voice he? is crazy i mean and honestly i never knew he had that kind of range but i mean the dude it can is a he's crazy talented uh when it comes to singing yeah he really is he's and he's been that way for so long his album spark i don't know if you have it but if you don't it it easily could have been album of the year it's that good song to song um, what does it take, Tyler? What do you tell somebody right now that walks up to you at NWTF, spots their one of their hero, Tyler Jordan, watches him every week on road trips or Monster Bucks or one of the Real Tree 365 shows, 
and says, hey, I want to do what you do. I want to work in the outdoor industry. Is there any advice that you can give somebody just to get started? I know that there's different ways and it's a lot of who you know in a lot of instances. But what about a, what about somebody that went to your, your alma mater in Mississippi that, that graduates out of Oxford and says, I want to work in the outdoor industry. Do you have any advice for those guys that come up or those girls that come up and ask Tyler Jordan how to get started? Yeah, I think, you know, I used to get it probably a lot more, uh, you know, five to 10 years ago, especially when it came to television. As you know, I mean, television, so um, it's really tough to get the money together for a television show. It's just not as easy um, as it used to be. So I think, you know, any any advice, I you know, I have people that will message me now on Instagram and I try to get to as many as I can on giving them just a, a thorough and good response. But, you know, my advice would be to, you know, this digital world has kind of taken a life of its own, especially here in the last three to five years. And, you know, if you have any kind of interest in doing that, whether it be duck, deer, turkey, or all the above, um, you know, look at the hunting public or seek one, you know, a lot of those guys have a really unique take on, uh, on hunting that I think is different. That's why they're so popular. Um, but, you know, taking any, anything that those guys kind of have to offer, molding it and crafting it into your own, um, I believe can be a good thing. It, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's not easy now just to, you know, killing a deer. Um, there's gotta be a storyline kind of built into making a successful digital show now or a television show. You know, it's really kind of tough to stand out and be unique from everybody else. But, you know, my advice would just be pick up a camera if you have any interest in doing that, if you have any kind of ability editing, um, if you have a group of buddies, you know, taking turns filming each other, um, you know, throwing it out there on YouTube and and maybe just, you know, seeing if it doesn't catch somebody's eye. The good thing about YouTube, you know, you just throw something out there, you know, until it sticks and, um, you know, try to get creative and, and come up with something that's unique. You know, it's it's not easy to do. There's, uh, you know, a lot of people on there that are trying to do it. And um, but, you know, just, you know, just keep at it, you know. I mean, you just, you never know when something just might hit or what people might like. You made mention, Tyler, of these places that you and I get to go to all the time. I've seen people come into camp this year that you would have thought they were at Disneyland for the first time. And sometimes I catch myself, if I'm being totally transparent and honest, sometimes I ask myself if I still feel that way all the time. Do I still get jazzed up? And I always talk about, when I was younger and I would drive through Nebraska. Okay. And it was way back in the days, way before Cabela's is what it is now. This is when Cabela's yeah. was Cabela's and we both know what I'm referring to. Sure. You'd, you'd see the bronze elk, you'd see the signs on interstate 80 and it was like Disneyland. You'd pull in there. All you saw your whole life was the catalog, but now you're going across the country and you get to go to Cabela's. Now they're on every corner almost, but now I'm like, man, I don't know if I ever care to step back into a Cabela's. And sometimes I catch myself with this attitude. I'm just being honest. Like, do you ever do that? And this is going back to working at something that you love. Sometimes people say, well, if you're working at what you love, you might not love it as much anymore. And it's going to be when it becomes a job, you're going to lose your love and passion for it. D being honest, does it ever slip away from you, Ty, to where you got to check yourself at the door and say, wait a minute, let me get my feet back in here. Let me find my roots again. Cause I love Kansas. I love this tree stand. I love honey break, but Ryan Hurd is going to have an unbelievable experience this coming week. And are you, is there a part of Tyler Jordan that goes, 
well, I've been here a few times, you know, it doesn't have that luster anymore. That might not be the best example because I know how you feel about honey break. Honey break. <laughs> you kind of see where I'm going with this, right? Do you ever have to check yeah. yourself that you, how lucky you are to be doing what you're doing? Well, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally, I mean, it, it hasn't gone away at any, you know, I don't have a, my passion for hunting has not decreased any, whether it be deer, turkey, duck hunting a little bit, but, um, you know, I think for me, it's like during the middle of the season when we're cranking out content, I think this digital kind of puts you, puts a little bit of pressure on you to get stuff out the door, you know, a little bit quicker, you know, when you have a week or week and a half that goes by and you don't have anything good to show the people, um, you know, when they, when you kind of come to expect it on a weekly basis, that's when for me, I feel a little bit of pressure is, you know, getting something put on YouTube, Realtree 365. Um, but no, I mean, you know, I'm sure at some point, I know for my dad, you know, he's done this a long time and, you know, his desire to, which he's older too, you know, he just turned 71 this week. Um, you know, maybe that day will come at some point, but I still just look forward to every trip I go on. I just get as excited as I was when I was, you know, 11, 12 years old, going to some of these places for the first time. Um, you know, but the, but starting Realtree road trips and moving it over to digital, has maybe added a little more pressure that maybe I'm not used to before. I experienced this a little bit with Spring Thunder when we bought it over to Turkey. Um, you know, cranking out those videos, it's tough on myself, but really the producers. Uh, you know, Brian Brown, who does a good job and worked a lot with me this year. He helped co-host a bunch too. And, um, you know, I kind of feel for him. I can, I can just, I, although I'm not the one editing everything, I can just sense the pressure that it takes on, um, you know, getting something compelling, keeping up with these storylines, you know, weekend to week out. Um, it's not like a, a, a regular outdoor channel show where you might have a, enough time to go and edit and fill stuff in, you know, only 22 minutes, you know, for a Kansas episode, you know, here you're trying to tell a daily story to the viewer. That's why the digital stuff is so different um, and important. So, but no, I mean the, the the you know the love and passion for it's still there. I hope it doesn't go go away anytime soon. Another part of our industry, Ty, that's so important to you, not just as representing Realtree, but your travels. Um, Drew Keith is a perfect example. Um, you see him on the Honey Break Experience. You see him on the Foul Life. You see him at NWTF. He's one of the coolest dudes in the world. I love that dude. His whole family, his wife, everybody down there is awesome. Like we've said before. Yeah. But the pressure on an outfitter and a guide is tremendous. Um, you see the work you go and you get in the, the four wheeler or in the, in the, in the, and the UTV and you take a nice little 10 minute jaunt and then you get in a boat and then you get the, the gator tail run. And then you pull into this boat garage and you get up there and you got two coolers with your breakfast burritos or, or biscuit sandwiches. You just had an omelet. Remember they're cooking omelets for you in the shop. <laughs> and then, and then you got this luxurious blind and ducks everywhere and awesome dogs watching his dog storm work is amazing. Jared is an amazing guide. Would you want to do it? Do knowing no. what you know about guiding and outfitting, could Tyler Jordan be a guide? No, I no, I couldn't. Especially, you know, a duck guide would be a little bit different, you know. But I, I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not a good duck hunter, so that, that's already out of the question. But when it comes to deer hunting, you know, I've thought about, you know, if we ever were to sell hunts on our farm, you know, I just I fear that people would have this expectation. You know, I just got done telling you how tough it is. Uh, in Georgia, you know, trying to kill a deer right now. I mean, we, we see them, they're on camera every night, but you know, to get one daytime is a completely different story. So I, I fear that if I ever were to start an outfitting business, there would already be an unrealistic expectation 
you know, calling it real tree, whatever. Um, I don't think I could put myself in that kind of, on that kind of pressure. I, I can't imagine those guys, that's a whole nother level down there. That's just part of what makes those guys so successful. It's just all, you know, they, but they, they do everything, you know, they, they may not have the best duck hunt every day, but they do all the extra work. Like you said, the food, the omelets, taking the stuff in the blind, cooking, um, you know, the accommodations, it's five star, you know, they, they can't guarantee a, a great hunting experience every single time they do the best they can, but, um, it would be too much pressure for me. I think, I mean, you know, we've, uh, we've joked about if we were to have something, you know, down here in Georgia, but I think people would, uh, the bar would be set really high. So in a nutshell, no, 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 <laughs> no. I couldn't do it. It's crazy to me cause I've done it. And the, the exact thing that you, described right there tyler about the pressure i felt myself like if we didn't get them i want to give their money back but then i'm like well you're going out of business if you do this sure it's all it's so hard to do it right and then you got you're you're dealing with mother nature so there's a lot that goes into it i was just wondering you know that that lifestyle in this industry is you know outfitting and guiding and we're going to have some guides coming up talk about that part of working in the outdoor industry as an outfitter and a guide they love it when you meet the right guide i mean there's there's sheep guides that will go 14 days at fourteen thousand feet and just love every freaking minute of it it's it's almost like it's they're soldiers right not all of us were cut from that cloth there's people there's men and women that serve our country that when you ask them do you look down down at somebody like myself that never served they're like heck no this is what i was put on earth to do there's people that were yeah. put on earth to guide right they just have a different mentality and I, it's but your mentality is an outdoor producer outdoor tv and content producer that's a completely different mindset that's people look at me like do you ever get to hunt without the cameras do you like hunting without the cameras and i'm like I love hunting without the cameras but then so I, I see i see something that happens and the first thing you do is what tyler Oh, I wish I had a camera here. <laughs> I wish I had a camera here. Yeah. And, and that's pressure, right? So it's like, what? what's the decision you make? Either you leave them at home and you call the shot when you want to call the shot. You take a bite of your breakfast burrito and have eggs running off your chin when you want to have eggs run off your chin. You can say what you want to Drew and have a boys conversation. But then all of a sudden, 30 mallards or a big eight, 180 walks out and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, yeah. I got, I should have had a camera, right? Yeah, you feel obligated. You know, you feel obligated. Like, man, I, you know, that could have been a good episode on Real Tree Road Trips. It could have gone up the very next day. You know, that's the kind of pressure, especially with digital. You know, you feel that a lot more. But yeah, I mean, it's I've seen outfitters and 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 stuff that, um, you know, when we're in camp, you know, they they do everything they can to, you know, make magic happen. But sometimes it just doesn't. You know, and like I, I've I've been around enough to where I, you know. If, anybody ever gets stressed out i'm like man it's all right you know we of all people we understand it you know we we get that how hard and tough it can be um you know it's just hunting like you said you're dealing with mother nature you know you could have just a you know first couple weeks of october in kansas could just be really hot so that's why you know that a lot the conditions a lot's got to work in your favor I always said, Tyler, maybe you and I will do this after we mature a little bit more. You're way younger than me. What are you now, 28, 27? 28, yep, 28. 28. Let's, let's have an outfitting company, and I've said it before, called, we'll name it, you should have been here last <laughs> week, Outfitters. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> that's like the I, normal saying, right? It seems that's a common theme. It always, man, they were moving good yesterday. They were moving yeah. real good yesterday before you got here. What is it like walking in? 
to the Realtree brand camouflage headquarters. Is it a luxurious building of camouflage yeah. drapes and seats and just everything's hunting and you're eating deer backstrap for lunch and the, <laughs> in the, the, you pull the camo, the real tree camo cover off your Traeger ironwood and, you, and you're cooking up backstraps from the from the real tree farms that day. You got big family meetings inside that boardroom with Mr. Bill standing up saying, here's what we're doing in the new pattern. Here's what <laughs> we're doing with edge. How does it work out every day at the real tree office? And I'm talking pre COVID. Yeah, I don't want to normal day. Pre-COVID. Yeah, you know, it's not a real it's not a real glamorous place. I think people would probably be surprised. I think most people are surprised when they walk through there. My dad's been in the same building since uh, I guess the late well, yeah, it'd be the late eighties. He's been in the same, it's just a big old warehouse basically, and just turned I mean of the furniture in there, it's old office furniture. So it's furniture that's been in there for, you know, some of it thirty years. And, uh, you know, we, we remodeled some of the building. We've talked you know, a, a few times about moving to different parts of Columbus, um, you know, where we're from, um, just haven't found the right space yet, but you know, it's, uh, it's not like there's just deer heads and elk and Turkey just hanging all over the wall. Um, so there, there's not a whole lot, you know, we do eat some backstrap and, and some deer jerky now for, for lunch or for snacks, but um it, it doesn't just i think dad i think with that building it's kind of tucked away on this road i think he you know there's not like a big real tree sign on the building either i think he just kind of wants to stay just kind of hidden where we're at you know just not draw too much attention um but we got about 55 employees that work there at that office and uh you know it's a good time but at some point you know we'd like to move our headquarters, maybe a little further north toward our farm. Our farm's about 20 minutes away. Uh, so, you know, dad's constantly looking at just different tracts of land, just, you know, where to, where to relocate, you know, down the road. When it, when it comes to what we talked about starting this work ethic and being put on this earth to work, Tyler, how would you explain your dad's work ethic? Um, let me give a tiny bit of background. 1986 starts real tree brand camo comes up with this pattern goes to shot show talks to some people like look at this all of a sudden he gets an order for this many shirts and pants he doesn't have any idea how to cut and sew all these shirts and pants he almost the company almost fails a few times your dad had to fight for this company and this brand um how would you explain your dad's character and work ethic um i think the biggest thing about my dad is that he's very persistent you know there were many years I think there was three or four years. He said the tunnel was really, really dark. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. You know, he started in 86, but, you know, he even told us uh, that there really was not light at the end of the tunnel until about 93, 94. Shoot, that's six, seven years of being in debt and uh, not knowing if you're going to make it. Competition popping up everywhere. Um, but dad's just a... He's just a thinker. He's always thinking, you know, he doesn't, doesn't get a lot of sleep. I, I think he's just always pushing, looking at seeing what's next. You know, he just never kind of, he never lays, lays back and just kind of let, let things happen. You know, he's always wanted to go out and just make whatever happen. Um, and I think that's the difference between him and, uh, you know, anybody else that, that has tried this, you know, he's just got to, he just never, you know, even at 71 years of age, I mean, he still goes into the office, you know, even pre-COVID, you know, he's there from 
10 o'clock in the morning till six, seven o'clock. He's usually one of the last ones to leave every single day. Um, and not just on the camouflage, just as the business as a whole, looking for new opportunities, um, you know, for us to get into rather than just camo, whether it be on the production side, um, you know, starting different businesses within the Realtree brand. Um, he's just a really forward thinker. Being a forward thinker and knowing that you are in line of this company to be, who knows where you take it? Who knows what the future holds for Tyler Jordan? You're 28, your dad's 71. Do you think it affects a guy like your dad or would it affect a guy like you if you had to look, you know, focus forward for a second for me? Your dad sees all this going on, the technology, the bows with his pattern, the pants, the skateboards, the snowboards, the the motorcycle helmets. I mean, Realtree is freaking on cell phone covers. Like one of I mean, they're everywhere. They're every store you could find Realtree. It's 2020. How much does it mess with a, a man's or a woman's mental capacity to look in the mirror and say, I am getting old. I am in my 70s. Does it affect your dad, you think? Will it affect you and I? Because this is so much fun because we want the energy. We want to keep going. We want to be in that tree stand and our back up against that turkey tree and that duck blind. Do you think it's going to affect you? Do you think it affects your dad mentally at all to know that he's like this company is unbelievable of what he built and he doesn't want to let go of it, but he also understands, man, the clock is ticking. Yeah. You know, I think he thinks about it a lot. You know, him and I have those conversations and I think even, you know, maybe this is just kind of what happens as you get older, you know, even for me being the son. I mean, he just, uh, it seems like, you know, he's opened up to me a lot more about just like inside his mind and just kind of telling me what he's thinking in certain situations. And I think a lot of that has to do with, He's 71. He just turned 71 two days ago. And, you know, you just, ne you never know, you know, uh, not a lot of people know this about dad, but he had a stroke last year, um, a little bit before this time. Um, you know, it was actually after he was in Montana. So I think even, you know, some of that too, just kind of, you know, made him realize that I gotta, I gotta let people in because dad's always been the guy that, you know, he's going to take it on upon himself to do what's necessary, what, you know, he'll do what needs to be done. But, now he's starting not just myself, but other people with inside the company too, kind of letting them in to maybe his thought process of, you know, how to lead and how to lead Realtree into the next 25, 30 years, hopefully, if we're that lucky. Um, but yeah, our, our conversations, you know, just in the last few years have been a lot different. I'm sure I'm, I know I'm going to be that way more than likely. You know, I'm a real kind of like dad, sentimental person at heart. And, uh, you know, really, you just, you know, I think he fears that he just wants to, he just wants to leave, a, you know, a good, you know, this company in a good place for whenever that time does come that myself or, you know, whoever else can do a good job and, you know, just having as much knowledge uh, of what to do. But, you know, the thing about it is you can, you can do as much as you can. Um, and, you know, any kind of advice from dad, you know, is always good, but, you know, this industry changes so much. I mean, not just in the last two to three years, you know, you just see how much change happens. It's every industry, you know, but, you know, I definitely have a good teacher in him and, um, you know, hopefully he's not going anywhere anytime soon, but, you know, he's, he's definitely a good person to learn from. He's not going anywhere soon. And that's, was the basis of my question is when does it start? When do you start thinking like, 
you know what I'm saying? It's like, I get, I'm sentimental like you. I wear my emotions on my sleeves. You know, I do. I mean, you've had conversations. Um, you've shed tears in front of me. I've shed tears in front of you and a lot of people about just the passion for life. And your dad has built such a legacy and in all these employees and all of these licensees and all of these hunts and these farms and these grandchildren and these children, your dad has younger kids than you, you know, later in life, he had young kids again. I just, I just wonder, like, I always say a hunter never dies. A hunter never goes away. And, but I also am very keen to the fact that when does, when do you start thinking of the slowdown and have to accept it, you know, and your dad is there, he's 71, still going to work every day, even after the stroke. And he's one of the leading authorities in this industry and has been for several decades. I just wonder like, how is it going to affect a guy like you? But here's the deal, Ty. I could walk out of this room right now and get hit by lightning or a bus. You just never know when it's going to come. That's why what you said, you got to live every day and hunt every day and love every day to the fullest. I just always wondered, how does it affect a man with that much passion and love for his brand to get up there in age? And 71 is young today, but they say the average lifespan of an American male is like 75 years old. The average. Yeah. So yeah. When, do you, when do you start thinking about it? You know what I mean? That's where I was going with it. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I guess we'll, maybe we'll find that out at some point. You know, hopefully uh, we're not caught by surprise and something crazy happens. But, you know, dad's always kind of, ever since he was probably in his mid-60s, you know, past five, six years, he's always kind of been that way and talked that way of just like having those conversations, you know, that I thought, you know, I thought days like that would never come. Then all of a sudden here, here you are. And, um, you kind of realize that you just, you just never know. Just like last year with a stroke, you know, I was in Oklahoma when that happened. And I just, when I first got the news, I'm like, wow, you know, there's so much that I, you know, I had questions or so much that was unsaid and you just now, you know, kind of reflecting back on that, you just really take as much time as you can to try to get inside his mind. And, um, you know, whether it be about business or life, just learn as much as possible right now you know you just uh you just like you said you never know what if one of your jobs had to be and i know your dad doesn't care about notoriety but let's say that he gets a retirement party by the on his 80th birthday he's got to retire you're going to be 38 you're going to be 37 38 year old man yeah you're probably you might have kids at this time you just got engaged you will have kids by this time probably Maybe, maybe married or maybe kids (laughs) <laughs> we'll definitely be married. I'll be married in May, but I'll, maybe kids. Um, Probably so. What if one of your tasks as your job goes, your dad asks you or tells you, you're going to be, you're going to give the master of ceremony speech at my retirement party. Could you do this? Could you get through this speech? Would you write it down first? Would you need cue cards or would you just get up there and wing it? Or would you call up a singer to sing a song and then talk in between the song? How would Tyler Jordan make sure that this task gets handled because it is part of your job description? Yeah, I think I would definitely have to write it down or have to write at least an outline down because I think you've been around me enough that, um, you know, I probably couldn't make it through if I went up there, not even, not even nervous, but if I even got up there and tried talking off the cuff, I just think I'd be too emotional. You know, I think my mind would just wonder too much. So I'd probably have to, I'd probably have to write some kind of outline for that. You know, I definitely would be, I would want to do it. You know, if dad asked me or, 
um, I would feel, you know, probably appropriate if I did, but I just, it would be tough. It would be really tough. You know, I mean, you know, dad's been, uh, he's meant a lot to me, obviously. And, um, has meant a lot to this industry. So I just would feel like I'd probably have to write it down just so I could summarize and everything that he's meant, not, not only to me, but just everybody in that company and do, do as good a job as I could possibly do. If your dad on the same day said what your other task in your new job description at Realtree Brand Camo is to be a strong representation of this industry, this culture, this lifestyle of the American hunter, outdoorsman, fisher, gatherer, provider, your baby brothers and your baby sisters, your little brothers and your little sisters, I should say, kids that love Tyler Jordan on TV. Give me some ideas, Ty. Give me some themes of how you represent this brand. What's important to Tyler Jordan and your dad's legacy to make sure the outdoors and this legacy of hunting and fishing is represented the right way by Tyler Jordan? What are some of your plans or visions and things that you believe in to show the next generation? You know, I, I think, uh, well, there, there are many, you know, but for me, it's always been our tagline. And it's something that dad has said ever since his first episode of hosting on, you know, Realtree Outdoors on TNN, but it's to take a child hunting and fishing so they too can enjoy the outdoors and our, you know, our slogans, family, friends, and the outdoors. But, you know, to me, that's what I would want it. I would want that theme and that, you know, continue to be that. I think that's the most important thing we could do. Um, you know, like we've talked about with taking different people hunting, you know, the most important thing to me is, uh, you know, what, you know, family members, you know, sharing that with my little brother and sister, like I had some incredible hunts this past season, but the most fun I had in the blind hunting with somebody this year was sitting with my dad and my little brother on Christmas Eve, Christmas day, the day after Christmas, I was filming both of them and we shared a blind together for three or four hours. And, and that's what I think is, is most valuable going forward for people to understand that, you know, it's for hunting, not to be selfish with it, but to share it. And, um, you know, I, I hope that's what Realtree has preached for a long time is, you know, doing that with your family and friends. Cause, uh, you know, to me, that's, that's what matters. And that's, what's going to carry this tradition of hunting, uh, in the outdoors, hopefully for generations to come. And do you, do you think that you ever get caught up? You said the, the selfishness that could come with hunting. You have unbelievable opportunities. Do you ever, is it, bear with me on this question because I catch okay. myself again if I'm being totally transparent, Ty. Sure. There's there's a kid, there's my nephew, there's my daughter, and then all of a sudden I get invited on this unbelievable hunt and then I catch myself going, wait a minute, I've already had too many hunts like that. I don't need to go to honey break again and kill a limit of ducks let me bring, let me bring my daughter down there. Do you ever catch yourself going, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. I should have, I, I should have, that should have been a different style of hunt. I should have had somebody else. And that somebody else should have been my little brother, my little sister. Do you catch yourself doing that? Yes, absolutely. You know, and I think, uh, as they get older, you know, it's easier to kind of take them on some of those places, you know, maybe these last few years have not been, um, and obviously with the pandemic, you know, dad has kept them from traveling, you know, just out of fear of his own health and, you know, them possibly bringing something back. And, um, you know, since they live in the same house, but yeah, I mean, even, even for me, like, you know, um, uh, I just never, I genuinely, I feel this way. I just never get caught up 
with, uh, you know, if I had somebody else, like if Riley Green or if Brian Brown, who is the producer for Realtree Road Trips, if he were on a hunt with me and there was, let's just say they had a tag too, and there was a, the biggest whitetail out there. If he was 180, 190 inch deer and I got it and he, you know, Brian or somebody were to be like, man, it'd be awesome. You know, if they just felt really strongly about wanting to go hunt that deer for whatever reason, and they asked me about it, man, I would, I promise you, I would have zero problem with letting that go. And, and as long as I got to be a part of it and film it, you know, I don't have to be the one behind the bow all the time, but just to be able to experience that with, you know, my friends, or if, you know, my little brother wanted to go, if I showed him a picture of a deer, you know, in Nebraska or, or Texas or somewhere, and, you know, he had an opportunity to go, man, more, I, I've got to do, I've got to do so much. I've been so blessed since I was a little kid with my dad. And, you know, even, uh, you know, my little brother and sister don't get to go do this as much as, as even as I did as a kid, because dad was, you know, younger, obviously. And, you know, every year after Christmas, we'd go somewhere for a week through New Year's and go to Texas. So, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, as much as I can kind of give back to other people, whether it be, you know, through my friends or family, I've, Tyler Jordan, if I never, I mean, hopefully I want to kill more deer, but, you know, if I never do, I hope I can do a good job in exposing it to as many people as possible and letting people experience what I've been lucky and blessed to experience since I was, you know, 10, 11 years old. Do you ever get checked by game wardens? And here's another job in our industry that is looked at in a negative way a lot. Yeah. Does Tyler Jordan even get checked by game wardens? And if so, have you ever even had to pull out your license or do they go, never mind, Mr. Jordan, I know you're good because they know your family's values. Or is it something to where you, you were treated just like the regular nine to five Joe in the work world of America when you're out on a hunt? No, I, I've been I've been checked by a game warden maybe twice in my whole life, and wow. one was on a duck hunt. Yeah, I know, isn't that that's kind of crazy? That's and crazy. one of them was in Canada, and they did not know who I was, nor did they care. They they went through everything. It was four or five of us that were hunting um, with this outfitter up in Canada, and they they checked that we everything was fine. But um, and then I'm trying to think. I, I got checked one time in Kansas on a duck hunt, but it was also it was it was nothing. So yeah, I, I don't have too many experiences. I, hopefully, that's a good thing. Uh, do you with game wardens? Do you like game wardens? I do. I love game wardens. I think that's a. I think that's a. Uh, that's a tough job, you is, know, for people to do it. They say it is because I think ninety-eight percent of the encounters they have involve a firearm. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, think, yeah, you about think about that. About that. Even yeah. even even our police officers that I have huge respect for don't encounter that many firearms. I mean, every sure. every hunter and a lot of fishermen have a side piece on them. You know, if they're if yeah. they're fishing. Tyler, I want you to do me a favor, real quick. Come here, buddy. This is my nine year old nephew Chase. He he's ten now. He just turned ten the other day. He um, hold on. What's up, Chase? Here. Hold on a second, Tyler. Let me unplug these headphones. Hey, I want you to meet a good friend of mine. This is Tyler Jordan. Him and his. His dad, Bill Jordan, started that camouflage pattern on your hat, Realtree. Oh, that's a cool hat. Chad, you guys send me one of them hats. You like that? I love that. That's awesome. You guys helped me do that through uh, Jamie Jeter at Outdoor Cap. Oh, okay. I've never seen that. I got a couple that. different awesome. styles. 
Send, text me an address and I'll put them in the mail today. I will. I'll text you. I'll text you in a minute. So let me brag on my nephew for a minute, Tyler Jordan. He, um, at six years old, on video for our old show, Dead Dog Walking, he had a twenty-two two fifty in between his uncle's legs and clicked the safety off, looked through the scope, and smoked one at 81 yards that came to the call. He's uh, He's been on several deer hunts and antelope hunts and not his own tags yet, but he's two years ago he harvested his first duck, a redhead, then last year, he, he harvested several ducks. Last week, he went out with his dad, my brother Clay, and shot a limit of green-winged teal at the Stillwater yeah. National Wildlife Refuge and Canvas Pack Gun Club. And tomorrow, we're taking him on his very first Canada goose hunt. He's going to be wearing all real tree, shooting a nice. Benelli. So tell him a little bit, Chase. Would you love hunting? You love real tree camo? Yeah, it's nice. It is very camouflaged, so they can't That's see us. That's right, man. That's what we made it for. So you stay invisible. Hopefully, you have a good hunt up there this week. Is that so? That's your. That's going to be your first time up there. Yeah. He's going. We're going to hunt. Um, we got a winter wheat field that's about ninety miles from my house here. We're going to get up at three thirty in the morning. He oh loves getting up early. But we're going to be in ground blinds. <laughs> we're going to be in ground blinds, Tyler Jordan. We're going to create, and I like talking to Chase about this. We're going to create a false line is what I call it. We're going to stack up tumbleweeds that have naturally blown up against this ditch, and we're going to take them off of this ditch embankment, and we're going to stack them around the ground blinds trying to create a false line where our blinds, it's just going to look natural. And there's about four to 600 big Canada geese coming into this winter wheat field, and Chase is going to be shooting a 20-gauge M2 Benelli with the new Federal TSS 20-gauge. And Chase is very confident in talking. He's very nervous around Tyler Jordan right now. Act like you're hosting this. Act like you're hosting this podcast right now, and tell him like what you think about hunting and calling animals and duck calls and goose calls and predator calls. How much you love all of it. Host the, host the podcast and show some confidence like you always do around me. <laughs> um, uh, it's very fun. It's fun hanging out with the family, hunting. Spending time with them and um, seeing other people shoot ducks, like my dad and my uncle and other people, seeing how excited they are. And tell That's Tyler awesome. Jordan, tell Tyler Jordan the feeling you get when a coyote, because you wear Matt, you you wear all of, of of the Max One camo and the and the new camo patterns by Real Tree on coyote hunts. Tell him how you feel when that animal is coming to hunt you and he's charging you. <laughs> I feel very excited. I'm always like, Dad, can I shoot it? And one time when we were coyote hunting, um, uh, two, or one coyote came in first, and I was like, can I shoot it? And he's like, sure. So I shot, and there was no gun, or no bullet that came out, and it clicked. So then my sh dad shot it in the butt with the shotgun, and he still <laughs> ran off and probably died. And then another coyote came in a little bit closer, and then on that one, it clicked too. And I was mad. <laughs> what's what's your what's your favorite? You, do you have a favorite yet, or are you still trying to figure it out? Still trying to figure it out because, well, it have could you turkey hunted any? No. Well, didn't then you're you, going to be your you, favorite. Didn't you? Yeah, Tyler comes from the 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 land of turkey hunting. It's it's so popular down in the south and southeast. Out here. 
we have about four turkeys in the whole state where we live, Tyler. So it's not it's not the same. You might you might hear one on the roost, but didn't you go on a turkey hunt with your dad last year and sit in the blind and nothing? And, oh. and it was an archery hunt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. went right. Yeah, they went on an archery hunt, um, w- which is another subject, Tyler, that me and you might need to talk about later. But ask ask Mr. Tyler Jordan if tomorrow after, and I'm thinking confidently here after, because they're going to be close. So I'm going to be going. Get ready, Chase. Get ready, Chase. Get them, and you're going to sit up. You're going to throw the 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 lid of your ground blind open. You're going to sit up with your abdominal muscles because you're an athlete, and you're going to aim at that goose. You're going to breathe, and you're going to squeeze. You're going to harvest your first Canada goose tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Ask Mr. Tyler if we can FaceTime him after. If he's not hunting, if we can FaceTime him and get and show how excited you are with your first goose. Yeah, I would want that. Come on then. FaceTime. I got nothing tomorrow. <clears throat> I got some uh I'll be hunting late tomorrow afternoon, so y'all are gonna have to keep me updated. You okay. hear that? So we're gonna we're gonna be hunting at we're gonna start shooting hours is at six fifty five AM our time. So do you know the time zones yet? You're very smart. Do you know that he, he is three hours ahead of us in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I don't. Is all Georgia in the in the in the Atlantic in the Eastern time zone? Yes, yeah, all. all of Georgia. So he's is. three hours ahead of us. So when we start hunting, it's going to be almost ten a.m. When we're done hunting at ten a.m., it's going to be one p.m. his time. So tell him that we're going to Facetime him around between noon and one p.m. He's probably, if I had to guess, he's probably going to be eating a Chick Fil A chicken sandwich and a and a Coca Cola Classic, right, Tyler? <laughs> That's that's probably right. And getting the farm ready, we got it. We're going to go kill a bunch of does tomorrow. So I want to hear an update. Hopefully, you got a good report uh, after the hunt in the morning. So I'm going to be waiting on y'all's phone call to hear how it goes. Okay. Okay. Last question. I'm going to whisper this one. This is your last question for Tyler. Is there any new camouflage patterns coming out? For, real- I tell you, for, for waterfowl? For waterfowl, we're working on something right now. Hopefully, you know, we've been a little bit backed up with the pandemic. Uh, we are working on a new waterfowl pattern. It's kind of been the pattern itself is done, but, you know, a bunch of the stuff, the, the testing we do is, um, you know, for different fabrics and everything is done overseas. So obviously with COVID and everything going on in the world right now, we've been kind of backed up a little bit on uh, on getting some of that done. But hopefully it'll be ready to go for SHOT Show of 22, and there won't be any more delays and, and everything can be solved with COVID by then. But we are working, trying to figure it out. Hopefully it doesn't get pushed back another year. Tell him how, ask him, tell him that um, your uncle's sending him a picture real quick. He's sending a picture of how many ducks we shot on that one. Um, tell this is duck. tell and, and then tell him that you want him to come out here and hunt because we got some good hunting out west here too for ducks. Mm-hmm. I want you to come hunt out here in the west because we have very good. Well, I would love to. You know what? You know what he would love to do. What? He's never seen coyote. Well, he's been out west a lot. He's hunted the Milk River. He's been all over Montana and Idaho. He's hunted all out. But tell him, ask, invite him out here on a combo waterfowl coyote hunt. Okay. You got to invite him. That would be sick. Okay. <laughs> you didn't invite him. Invite. Send. <laughs> <laughs> did invite you get that picture, sent. Tyler? Did it come through? I did. I just, I just got it. That's awesome. I'm looking Check at it right that now. Out. I shot a double on teal. Dang. He got, dude, a, dub- awesome. he got a double on teal that day. When was this? This was last week in, in northern Nevada. 
That's awesome. Isn't that cool? Very cool, man. That's that is really really fun right there. That's a good time. You got a good person to take you to go. <laughs> Me and your dad, huh? Who's a better duck hunter though, or better coyote hunter? My dad's better. What? You're better duck. You're on glue. As my dad would used to say, <laughs> "You're on glue, boy." All right, tell Mr. Tyler Jordan that you'll. It's nice to meet him. That you look forward to meeting him in person one day. Okay. I look. I look forward to meeting you, Chase. Facetime me tomorrow. I want to hear an update on how the the morning hunt goes. Okay. Say, so I look forward to meeting you too. I look forward to meeting you too. Man, I've never seen you this nervous. I'm on TV too. I know you watch him more than you watch me, but I've never seen you this nervous, man. You're nervous. Watch, he'll get up here, Tyler. He'll get up. I've never. We're. I got probably. 15 people that come here to play cornhole and they're all 30 yeah. or older and they're good and he beats us all regulation and he gets so cocky and i've never seen him this nervous man he's he's, he's never speechless like this all right well we're, we're gonna have to have a little cornhole tournament when we meet in person because i love playing cornhole he just challenged you sound you good i haven't played in a while but i'll probably beat you i think <laughs> oh shoot okay there he is he's not nervous anymore oh man good. hey we were just last thing we were just talking about mr tyler's got to go but we were just talking before you came in here that he just got to meet drake white for the first time and listen to mm -hmm. him sing do you know any drake white lyrics and songs mm -hmm. sing a little bit right here this will be the last thing <laughs> just sing a little bit of a drake white song um, which one? there you go baby you don't know that one making me i'm making me look good again do you, do you don't have a favorite drake white song um, Brent Cobb? King of Alabama? Go for it. <laughs> okay, I've never seen him this nervous. I thought he was going to come in here and take over, Tyler. Wow, we got some work to do on this microphone check one, two, don't we? I don't want to sing right now. Okay, well, you tell Tyler we will be <clears throat> FaceTiming him in the morning. Come yep. some good luck. And if we don't get him, we're still going to FaceTime and say, hey, my uncle's just not a very good goose caller. And they thought that uh, the only thing that came in was a coyote when he was blowing his goose call. And I could have shot it uh, 20 gauge. <laughs> <laughs> 20 gauge. All right, say bye to Mr. Tyler. Chase, it was bye. nice to meet you, buddy. Good luck in the nice. morning. Okay, thank you. Give him a virtual high five. Yeah, fist oh, fist. Fist. Hey, when you're famous like this, let me put your fist back up there, Tyler. When you're famous, you carry a Sharpie with you wherever you go because you always are getting asked for autographs. He wants That's your autograph, true. man. That's not true. That's just a nervous <laughs> tick. I just always got to be holding, fiddling with something. We send him a picture. Will you, you, uh, well, he'll meet you one day to get his hat signed for sure. Absolutely. You have to come down to the farm sometime or come to NWTF next year if it's back open. Only the luckiest hunters in the country get invited to hunt turkeys on his farm. The luckiest ones. Really? I've never been. Well, I got invited kind of. It was in passing, <laughs> but I've never even been down there. I think me and you mean to make a trip. Come on. Yeah, I would want to go. <clears throat> Here's an idea, Ty Jordan. Keep this in mind. I'm bringing my dog back to Mossy Pond in, yep. in yep. into March, early April. We're going to do a turkey hunt over there with Brad Arrington, but maybe we can get together for one, two, and we're down there. Absolutely. Just hit me up. We're going to be turkey hunting every day this spring so just let me know i want right, to turn down a turkey hunt do you want to end this we just got invited to hunt with with tyler jordan do you want to end this by saying this has been another episode of dickie's workwear podcast series right here at the foul life thank you tyler jordan of real tree brand camo for being our guest i'm chase belding we're out do you can you memorize all that nope <laughs> all right, <buddy>. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
get back there. Get back there. Get ready. I want we go get go get the ammo and the guns ready to roll tomorrow. Three thirty. You probably ought to go to sleep right now. You gonna make the bell? Yeah. No, I'm not gonna bed. Ask your dad if he wants to come in here and say hi to Ty before Ty hangs up. Tyler, I'm going to let my brother say this has been a good one. This has been Dickie's Workwear Podcast Series right here at the Foul Life. Tyler Jordan, Real Tree Brand Camo, family, friends in the outdoors. Take a kid hunting. That's what we're going to do tomorrow. I can't believe how tongue-tied your son got on. He couldn't even speak. He's so nervous around one of his heroes, Tyler Jordan. Tyler, here's Clay. <laughs> What's up, buddy? What up, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you? What are you all up to today? Uh, starting on the new season, season 13. Just importing some footage from our early season goose hunt with a cancer survivor hopefully okay makes cool it. well y'all getting ready for a good hunt tomorrow too it sounds like hopefully we'll get the final scout from our guy uh this afternoon and then he, i got the final scout oh. he went this morning he counted he had to leave at 8 10 they started flying at 7 45 he counted 29 groups of geese that came into the field 29 Dang 29 it. flocks nice. 29 flocks wow yeah wow. yeah y'all are gonna be in for a good time man that'd be good you've been killing it this year i've had a good i've been i've been doing it every day i've just been lucky and just timing places right this year, I think. But it's been how was the hunt down there with uh, uh, Drew and everybody? Honey break. That oh deer was awesome. Unreal, man. Unfreaking real. I, 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 I still can't believe it. I still can't believe. It. I mean, I've just. I, I mean, I, I think it's the biggest deer. I deer hunt a lot, but it may be the biggest deer I've seen in person on a on a blind or stand or anything. And it may I, be I the didn't know they grew that big seen. in Louisiana. Ah, shoot, I didn't either. <laughs> you talking body wise or, or you talking body no, wise or horn, 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 horn wise. wise? What was he? One ninety one eighty one? One ninety one? One nine one ninety and four eight. Yeah, one ninety one. Good. So night, he's yeah. a deer. It was it was actually pretty cool. I mean, uh I I saw that deer last year in person with Drew, and he was probably, I don't know, he was maybe one sixty last year. And so Drew really wanted to, he thought that deer could have been a state record at some point, but uh, he had hoof rot really bad, which is like a bacterial infection, lost a bunch of weight, lost probably over a hundred pounds between September and when I killed him. And, uh, you know, he just, Drew just decided just because he, he wasn't going to make it. He looked worse in person than what Drew thought. So he said, man, if this deer comes, he said, I want you to kill this deer because he probably ain't going to make it another two or three weeks, you know, no way he would have made it through the rut and all that. So, um, yeah, just kind of got lucky because they hadn't had a daytime picture of him, but one time, like in the last month when I, when I shot him. So it was, uh, that's a buck of a lifetime for sure. And, and, and Louisiana, I just never would have thought in Louisiana of all places, I take a deer like that. Yeah. And I would have never thought that your home state of Georgia would have grew a deer like T-bone harvested this year. Dude, unreal. That's crazy, too. That may be crazier. But two deer. You saw he killed one that was like 161, and then that deer was like 180, was like 187 or 188 or something. That's yeah, crazy. that's crazy. And that, he just, he's just on like 65 acres, too. I was just going to say that's on his own property, too, right? It's on his own property, yeah. Yeah. And then he, he was in Kansas on he was on can, in Kansas on his own property and killed a monster too, didn't he? Killed a monster too. Yeah, T Bone had a incredible year. The Georgia deer, though, that's that's something you know. I'm sure y'all know a little bit, but it's, I mean that's so hard to do. You know, he just 
um, just takes a lot of luck. Just, you know, letting the, the, he went by obviously the right people, let him pass and, uh, you know, get to be that big. Nocturnal buddy. They're nocturnal. It's crazy. They, they stayed nocturnal on real tree farms. <laughs> that's, why that's why I'm never getting into the outfitting business. Yeah. They're uh that's a heck of a season. You guys have had a heck of a deer year. So we will FaceTime you tomorrow with Chase's first goose. We'll get some good pictures. And um, what I'm thinking right now, I'm sitting here, Ty, come over here real quick, would you? I sent you a text a couple weeks ago about my boy Ty. Come over. Come here. You're not. You're, you're, he gets embarrassed because I tease him about the jacket he was wearing. You remember when I sent you that text a couple weeks ago about my butt and you said you said fire him? Well, I didn't fire him. He's a heck of a producer. Hey, Ty, Ty Jordan, this is, this is Ty Eubanks. What's going on? Not much, man. Nice to meet you. Yes, sir. I'm, uh, I'm not what he says I am. <laughs> I'm gonna. He's gonna document this whole thing tomorrow, and we'll 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 produce a little real tree short film for it for Chase's okay. first Canada goose hunt. Yeah, that's awesome. Heck yeah, we'd love to see that. That'd be cool. All right, Ty, pressure. Yeah, you got to pressure, and Chase has got to shoot straight. <laughs> if you shot like he did his till the other day, he'll kill one. You're gonna wear him out. I, I already know it. I'm already expecting a good report tomorrow. That's gonna be that's gonna be so fun. But you're, y'all are gonna have to take my little brother at some point. I'm telling you, he is. He may be. He may be the duck hunter out of all of us. Good, smart. He kid. wants to. He just like he's never been. So I say that he's never been. But he is. He'd rather go do that right now. If I were to tell him, Colton, you can go deer hunt at Real Tree Farms tonight. Go to Texas, or you can go on a duck hunt. He'd choose duck hunting. Y'all are welcome anytime. Just you get invitations open. Bring him out next season. We'll do Nevada, California, Southern Idaho. Oregon. I mean, we got it's good hunting out here, and we can mix it with some predator hunts for him and call coyote. Chase can try to call. I don't know if Chase can call coyotes. I He's have. already killed, called one in. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. You've never called in a coyote. Yes, I have. See that? There he comes, right there. He told Tyler we, Jordan that he wouldn't even score on him in cornhole. Wow. I never said he would. <laughs> I said I think I could beat him. We need Chase and Colton to go host a host a road trip show and go kill some ducks and coyotes he this is he is very mad that he lives in a state that he can't kill a deer yet until he's 12 he wants to go to somewhere where he can buy one over the counter and go and i just haven't taken him yet georgia that does georgia can george we're coming to real tree farm come on come to real tree trust me it's tough (laughs) hey did you you said you watched the honey break episode did you happen to watch the nevada youth hunt episode with him and my daughter Alyssa? i haven't seen that one we're going to send you a link today. We're going to send you a link. Watch it and let us know what you think of Chase on national TV. I will. I, I'll, uh, I, I know I told you this earlier, but I mean it. That was the Honey Break show. I'm, I'm sure that show's the same. Honey Break was awesome. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, you kind of wonder when you go back to a place like that, like how many times can I retell the same story, you know, just because it's Honey Break. But, man, you, you find a way to do it different each time, and it was really good. Yeah, I appreciate that. Like I said, coming from you, that's a big deal. We appreciate your time. We will be down to Georgia. You're welcome out here anytime. We'll holler at you tomorrow on FaceTime with Chase's first Canada goose. Maybe he'll be able to talk tomorrow. Maybe. I don't know who dresses this kid, but hopefully he'll dress better than this tomorrow. Yeah. His you ought to see this kid play. I know your dad's a baseball coach for his new his kids, but you ought to see this stud play. He gets after really? it. Really? Yeah. What position you play? Shortstop, pitcher. Um, second base, and that's about it. I, ha- I have. What don't you do? 
No, he, he's a he's a PG, he's a PGA golfer too. Oh, nice. Um, you know, Mister. How old are you, Chase? Ten. When'd you turn ten? Ten. Um, today's the twenty ninth. Yep. Seven days ago. <laughs> Seven days ago. My daughter, my daughter's birthday is two days in two days on New Year's Eve. She'll be ten. He's nine days older than her. Yeah. Colton turned twelve December eleventh. And so he is. All December babies. I know, December babies. That just makes their, they just don't get as much for Christmas, you know? <laughs> All right, we'll send you a picture of Chase's Goose. You send us an overnight package on dry ice of backstraps from all these does y'all get. <laughs> all right, I want a hat. I'll trade you I'll put, for a hat. Text, text me the address you I'm I'll going have, to. I'll have Chase sign this one for you and send it Heck to you. Heck yeah, Chase. Sign it, please. I need a, I need a good luck hat down here. We got a bunch of good ones in the new Realtree timber pattern. Outdoor Cap took good care of us. Yeah, I like those hats. I think I think I know what uh, style hat that is. It's kind of similar to that Richardson hat. It is. I like the backing. I like Richardson too, but I really like this mesh on this new Outdoor Cap. It's a good one. All right, brother. Tell your dad hello. Tell let's uh, everybody listening. Let's uh, make sure that we all say in our heads. Happy birthday to Mr. Bill Jordan. Two years ago, turned 71, and he is still the man, the monarch of the hunting industry. He has developed and organized and created and built one of the most prolific brands that drive our industry, Realtree Brand Camo. That's his son, Tyler Jordan, the host of Realtree Road Trips, Spring Thunder. Anything Realtree, Tyler Jordan's a part of. I always remember the commercial chase. On national TV, he used to be the star of a commercial where he was out in the woods hunting, and then him and his friend, who still works with Tyler at Realtree, were in the truck, and they were late to school, and they were in their camo and they got out in the parking lot and they had to run up the stairs to school because they've been hunting that morning. That's what they do in Georgia. They hunt every morning before school once they get their driver's license. That's going to be yeah. pretty cool if you can do that. huh? What, what's crazy is that was not even a commercial. That was really happening in real time. We just filmed it because really? we're late to school every day. No, <laughs> but no, that's because it, it, <laughs> it literally, that's, that was us every single day. I was always late. Turkey hunting always kind of got me in trouble with the teachers. Because I was always spending every day. I try to, because the farm was 15 minutes from school. So we try to get at least, dad would try to, even if it was just like half an hour in before school. Hey, I think that if, I think if, if one come in and strutted and was drumming and spitting and doing everything that a, a gobbler does, I think Chase would lose his mind. I don't think he could sit still. Chase, I don't I'm think he could. You, man, it, it, it's awesome. It's my favorite thing. If I had to give it all up to do one hunt for the rest of my life it would be turkey hunting hmm. i love it you want to go with him sure. <clears throat> well invite come him to on. california you want to come out have you have you harvested your california bird yet no no they even have not there oh. <laughs> i'll i'll send you i'll send you pictures of gobblers i would hold it up on here but i want to keep it kind of a secret like your dad does the real tree farms I, i'm talking you never seen go i mean you have but this is gobblers. I'm, t I'm talking, there's 45 gobblers on one trail camera picture on some of these oh places on these farms. It's uh, the, the morning roost will light you up. Like I'm talking big time gobbles, but I'll send it to you. If you're more than welcome to come out, it's uh we have the farm the first four days of opening day. Um, and if you're free, you should come out for it. Does it open in May? No, it opens in April. Are you booked up the like, whole month? No. I just got to get it before this wedding gets here. That's all I got to say. 
All right, I'll send you the dates. I'll send you the dates today. We'll mail you out a package of hats with Chase's signature. Real quick, Chase oh, loves baseball. Who are the bats signed f- from behind you? I know Chipper Jones has got to be one of them. Austin Riley. Oh. It looks like Austin Riley on the far left. See where you can see that. Yeah, so I got uh, Austin Riley, the black one. I got an Ozzy Albies bat. These are mostly Braves. I got a Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo oh, plays Mets. for the Mets. And then I got a Ronald Acuna. And then the ones that are on the ground, I got Mike Trout and I got Chipper Jones. How'd you get Mike Trout? Um, eBay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's how I get all my duck. That's how I get all my duck bands, according to the internet. So don't worry about it. So I got the bat. I got the bat uh, off eBay, and then I got Mike to actually sign. Here, I'll show you this real quick. You'll think this is kind of cool. Hold on. So Mike actually did these, uh, this is two years ago. These are his trainers. He would do these in the, um, like in the indoor facility and stuff, but these are snow camo, military snow camo. And so he signed, I sent those to him. He signed them to me, but Nike ended up sending us these. And so I reached out to him on Twitter and, uh, we're talking about trying to go on a hunt somewhere, but, um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Did you meet him through through Tyler Farr? No, I actually didn't. I actually just uh, I just sent him a message. I think he follows Realtree on Twitter and Instagram, and so I just sent him a message on Twitter, and so we just kind of talked through that. And then he was coming to Atlanta. Um, he was coming to Atlanta. I think July fourth weekend of last year when they were going to have the season, but obviously the season got canceled. And all the games got messed up, so he ended up not. We were going to try to have him come down to the office and stuff. Well, you ought to come out. Uh, well, that's a dumb thing to say to you. You're a turkey hunter, but I love watching him in spring training in Phoenix. Man, he hits some bombs. But yeah. Yeah, it, maybe you can come out one year to spring training. We can go say hi to him. But I've kept you almost 11 minutes past your allotted time. Don't you have another meeting? No, we're, we're working from home right now. We don't have to go back to the office. I'm, I'm, I'm about to go to the woods here probably in the next hour lucky i'm gonna go try to shoot some does i got a bunch of does that need to be shot chase you just made chase jealous chase couldn't hit a doe what (laughs) i bet he could (laughs) all right my brother well thank you very much this has been a good one and we will facetime you tomorrow from chase's first canada goose harvest sounds good y'all good luck to mark clay it was good seeing you you too see you buddy y'all stay in touch Again, thank everybody. Thanks everybody for supporting Dickies and all the partners and sponsors that support us. Real Tree, family, friends in the outdoors. That's Tyler Jordan. This has been another episode of the Foul Life Podcast Dickies Workwear Series. I'm Chad Belding. Tom, hit that button. Jake, hit that button. This is 2 a.m. Logic. The song is called My Foul Life. Oh.